Hey y'all, this is Dan. You know what? It's nice outside and summery and maybe you want a picnic, but maybe you want to make that picnic more awesome by also praying to a higher power that Robert Mueller doesn't get fired or maybe that the P-tape shows up. Guess what? I've got your back. Go to omfg.church and get your Robert Mueller or P-tape prayer candles today. Hi, it's me, your friend Maureen. I wrote some books. Also edited some. Let me tell you about two of them. One's called Truly Devious. That's a mystery book. I wrote that one. There's another one. It's called How I Resist. I edited it. Edited it. Edited it. it. That's hard to say, Dad. Edited it. Edited it. Edited it. It. Look, it's to benefit the ACLU. It's got some great essays in it. It's about getting into the political process, making stuff, doing stuff, living to the max resistance style uh it's a great uh graduation gift so if you're like hey you're graduating you can get them this book give some money to aclu it's all good we're going to have an event this weekend at BookCon on june the 3rd from 11 to 12 please come by visit us and uh those are books get them candles edited it yeah you got it Summertime. Maureen! Um, summertime. Maureen, I need you I need you to come in now. It's getting late out there. I'll be in a minute. Summertime. Summertime. Maureen! Maureen, what? we need you coming. We need you to come in and record. Coming. Summertime. Staying outside. Dan can't see me outside. Maureen, I can see you. You're right there. You're just standing right outside the back door. I'm bi- I'm doing something. I'm going to be I need you to come in. I need you to come in, Maureen. Wait a minute. Summertime, staying outside. It's so nice. Everybody Maureen, you're so- off all summer long. I need you in for just this one thing. Come Five, on. Come on. It's just who? <laughs> Fine. Zuzu! Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm inside. I'm wearing Johnson as an acting. I wasn't outside. I'm in a closet. It's true. And I, I couldn't see you. Because we're just talking to each other's voices and I'm a thousand miles away. Also, where I live is like a hot, it's a swamp. I live in New York. It's swampy. Drain the swamp. I will say, though, I went to Central Park yesterday, Dan, which is a beautiful place. It Uh, is. That's where I'm getting married in a couple weeks. That's very exciting. And I, we realized we hadn't actually gone and looked at the spot to sort of see what we had to do. So we're like, we should, oh, go, yeah. we should go there and see. And we went and we looked at it. It's nice because Central Park is real small. It's tiny. So it's easy to find your spot, I'm sure. You know, I kind of marveled because the spot we're getting married in is it's just this beautiful corner of the park. And we kind of ended up taking this path and we ended up going through the ramble. And I was like, this park is a marvel. Like it just, I guess I'm just so, I don't know why I'm so surprised that good things still exist. And that, you know, just, it's so nice to have a beautiful outdoor space, especially I live in the city. And as soon as it, we go very quickly from freezing our ass off to everything until to everything is hot garbage smell literally there's no there's no between for us one of the most remarkable things i've ever seen in my life in new york city i was staying in a hotel that overlooked the back of the port authority so Mm. you could see uh you could see all the buses like the greyhound buses driving up the you know driving up the ramp and it was on a uh one of your many garbage days where people just fling their garbage bags out onto the street because nobody in new york has ever figured out what to do beyond that um and there was a remarkable site where 
the sidewalk alongside uh, my hotel view was lined with garbage bags. And then buses would pull up and you realize there were three bus lengths worth of garbage bags before they would clear the length of garbage bags. And I thought, <sighs> New York City. Yeah, you have to get beyond those. Yeah. To sort of get around the around the curb. And let me tell you, if you have a dog, that's just like a wall of goodness to oh, them. Boy. They're like fantastic. She just like rubs herself all along the way. <laughs> oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She loves it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. She loves the smells. But that's not what we're here to talk about, Dan. We're here to talk about what's going on, coping, just be, and as we sat down to record, should we talk about some breaking news? Like some breaking That was good. Yeah, that was my, um, I don't know, my didi. Yeah, that was a, well, checks out. Yeah. Breaking news, Maureen. You want to break it? You break it. You break it. You break it. You break it. No, you break it. I'll break it. Break it. So, uh, so Roseanne Barr was fired in a one sentence um, statement, which, okay, here's the thing. There's so many things. There's going to be so many takes. We're going to live in a land oh, of boy. takes. I am like, I am bunkering myself from those takes. I, it's a, it's a one sentence statement that said, I'm, par- I don't have it in front of me. It was like, her statement was racist and abhorrent and horrible and we're canceling her show. And that was it. It was like one sentence. And at first I was just psyched that the, a one sentence statement exists in the world. Yeah, that's true. That was kind of, I was like, they were like, you're racist and you're horrible and we're firing you. And I was like, that's good. That's the that's a good thing. And then everyone, uh, you know, lots of people were like, never should have happened in the first place. I'm like, that's tr- true. It's all. How do we react when the right thing happens in a in a world of wrong things? Like when when I don't know how to how do you do like where do we start now? Well, and, like and, when the right thing happens, and I think there's also like for me. It was like, oh, wow, look at that. And then there was that feeling of like, well, really, she never should have gotten a show because she's been like a Pizzagate tinfoil hat person for quite a while. But then my my final resting place was simply on the like dread of the takes to come. Mm. I was just excited. I mean, I have to confess that Roseanne was one of those people that I just was not tuned into what she was personally doing too much. Because I didn't, you know, there's just like a couple people we were like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't, I don't, that's, I don't need that one. Yeah. I can see all the other terrible, but like, I just don't fuck you. Like, I don't need that. I knew she was terrible. The fact that like the show brought her back into cultural relevance certainly was a like, really? I have to fit that into my head now? I guess that at the time, I didn't watch her show originally either, but I guess that at the time it was like more groundbreaking because it was about working. I don't know. I did watch her I show mean, I- and Maureen, I went to high school with one of the daughters on the show. What? Yeah. Lisey Gorenson, who now I think that is not her name, but she played, uh, she played Becky and she, uh, yeah, she would come to my high school and do about, a, I think, about a half a semester every year or half a year uh, and then would go back and, and film. And then she actually quite is 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 most famously known for being replaced because she left the show to go to college. So she she's actually my exact age and uh, floated in the same social circles as me. She was very nice. And it was very funny to see like, oh, my goodness, here is a person who is exactly my age and now is. Back on TV, though I did not actually watch the new thing. Yeah, I, everybody's right in that having seen a bunch of the stuff that she said, you're right, she shouldn't have been there. Yeah. And they, she should have been fired too, and it's canceled. And that's right. Like, I, is it, does it, what does it mean when the right thing finally happens? Yeah. And especially in, in a, in a fairly surprising, way you know there was a lot of twitter chatter this morning after roseanne had posted a clearly horrible and racist tweet mm-hmm. um 
you know, there was a lot of Twitter chatter of like, of course, ABC, which is owned by Disney, is totally silent on this because this is a hit show and they're never going to say it. And then it was just like, boom, one sentence done, canceled. And this was like they had just recently said that it was going to be renewed for a second season, that it is a, a, a ratings uh, winner for them, though I think it is down significantly from when it when it debuted earlier this year. But um, right. yeah, I mean, it's it's not only is it the right thing, but it's the right thing in the face of you know walking away from money and probably having to you know settle some contracts and things like that. Like it will cost them money to make that decision, and they made it quite quickly. Yeah, the fact that that she did it this morning. And then this afternoon, they just issued a one sentence thing. They're like, you're gone. Goodbye. That was exciting. But then a lot of people online are like, don't congratulate them. And I I was like, oh, everyone's right about that because, yeah, you shouldn't have done it. But at the same time that you have to, I don't. And that is the one of the quandaries of 2018 is like, I don't know what to do about a lot of things. Yeah. And I and that's sort of what I want to talk about in our coping today, Dan, because this is about coping. It is. Where it's summertime, there's a lot going on, and I want to explain to you what my brain feels like right now. Bring it on. Imagine a jar, just imagine a jar of mayonnaise. Locked in. Drop that jar of mayonnaise on the floor. Boom. That's it. That's what it looks like. That sounds right. Yeah. That's about where my thought process is. And... I I berate myself about it a lot. And then, I you know, I am busy. I have a lot of work going on. I'm about to get married. And I have have a physical problem that sometimes makes my, that causes a a flare. So I have some neurological things that makes my brain go. But at the same time, I'm like, think better, think more clearly. But it does occur to me every once in a while when you step back from 2008 even just a step or two to go not all of this is designed to confuse us and it has never been so clear as this week when rudy giuliani and we'll maybe we'll get to this later but what basically went on tv and was like no yeah we're definitely doing all of this to influence people and to make them think something is happening i mean we'll get there we'll get there dan but basically, he came out and said, yes, we're fucking with you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he did. I mean, he yeah. said that, you know, the that he, like he literally said where this is going is either to impeach or not to impeach. And so all of this. All of this kind of gaslight and confusion and and um, attempts to control the narrative are about that end game, you know, are about making it so, you know, public opinion has already been made up before uh, before an impeachment. But I mean, pretty when you think about the fact that Rudy Giuliani isn't just a fucking nutbag, but is, in fact, uh, the president's personal lawyer now, like to have him just say, like, look, where this is going is impeachment. And that's that's the game we're playing is remarkable well yes where where this is going is impeachment because you can't indict a president is part of his right what what he was saying and that's also something i believe that legal scholars are very much in debate yeah, about I think that's right. but you know it's the nixon thing of well if the president do it it's does it it's not illegal and everyone was like oh no it's it is um but wait that question never had to be fully faced with Nixon because he resigned before that had to be parsed out. Hence your... That was in the summer... Hence your mayonnaise brain. Mm. Well, I mean, it's correct to feel... I think the correct response to our times is confusion, exhaustion, and disgust. Yeah, and it's... and, And especially, as you said... You know, with the the work that you're juggling, both professional work and the personal work of getting married, like it is it, it is remarkable to me. I and mean, we t- actually talked about this on the last episode because I had I had been out of town um, and came back in. And not only had I been out of town, I purposely removed myself from being online for a while. And it is 
it definitely is a thing right now, whether you are fully removing yourself uh, from, you know, the news for an extended period of time, or if you are just kind of popping in and out because you are busy and juggling a lot, like things are moving at such a pace that it is amazing how quick it is to suddenly feel like you don't know what the hell is going on or what is real or what is, you know, like everything is in such a weird gelatinous form like that. It, yeah, it, it, it makes your brain feel like it's mush. I mean, like if to pluck from the news for real, can anyone with any level of certainty say whether the United States is meeting with North Korea in two weeks. Well, Dan, I think we're starting. Come on, says Huvians. Welcome to the official start of summer. <laughs> Woo. Now, look, we're going to talk about all this. Now, we have to talk about how we, we have a summer. Summer is a big, juicy fruit put in front of us, Dan. Every year, I think this. The big juicy fruit like is a, there. Like a, like a juicy fruit candy, like the gum. If you want that, I'm thinking. Imagine a Dole Whip, but in pineapple form. Mm. Hmm. Can I just make a quick Dole Whip aside here, Maureen? Yes. People keep tweeting to um, says who about the various. Dole Whip spinoffs uh, that Disney has introduced. There's a Dole Whip donut. There's a Dole Whip cupcake. Mm. Uh, all these things mm. sound gross to me. I just want to. I just want to really put my foot. I want to put my flag down and say the Dole Whip spinoffs are gross. Except, and no one has sent this to us. I had to find this on my own. There's a pineapple churro that is probably delicious. I think that cupcake sounds great. I don't know what you're just talking think about. That the, I think that one of the things that's great about Dole Whip is that it is not too sweet. And all of these baked goods with filling ugh, seem like it's going to just be a big glop of sugary syrup crap in there. That's all I'm saying. Only one way well, to find yeah, out. Only one way to find Someone out. get us there. We got to go down. That's right. Anyway, well, I'm sorry to <laughs> derail. They're not derailing. So one of the first, so we were we're all making our summer plans together, and one of the first big summer plans that we're all making is: Are we going to have a summit in North Korea? And it's very will they, won't they? Yeah. Um. And that's it is a it is a remarkable thing, like. Donald Trump wrote a letter calling the thing off. And then it seems that because of the fact that that letter was not make, met with accolades from anyone, he has decided to simply act as if the summit is still on. And like there, like there are yeah, people I meeting, planning a summit that he has sent a formal letter canceling. And I guess that, well, first of all, they, so the summit was going to be on and that was already very hasty yeah. planning. These things are, I'm sure you guys have read a lot about these summits with North Korea, but they are incredibly detailed. They require so much preparation. I mean, there's so much formalities, coded language, figuring out what you want to accomplish, how the terms of this, the fact that this has happened before that there have been talk set up you know like a lot of these moves have been made before and apparently there are so many codes in north korea like how is he wearing his hair that Whoa. day means something like there's there's apparently a ton of stuff embedded in the symbolism of all the stuff that north korea does and that is why you have to have a fully functioning state department full of experts who do nothing but this all the time and uh because it's really complicated and um, so this was already some very hasty planning. And of course, they designed their commemorative coin. And then then they're like, well, what will happen with the coin? You know, 
Think of the coin. Mommy. I'm sure you. I'm sure you saw the coin. It was the coin is. The coin is something. And anyway, so he writes this letter, and as he's basically writing this letter on what I can only imagine is, I don't know, an etch a sketch or whatever. You know, like somebody's t- you know Speaking making spell. this letter for him. They North Korea blew up one of their. It was like a testing site. Like they they blew it up. They're like, to prepare for the summit, we are blowing this up. And then it was like, uh, there's a letter for you, sir. <laughs> it's like, uh, just, just give, wait, give me the letter when we come out of the explosions. Okay, we've we've done all the blowing up. Oh, and then, then they open the letter. And, uh, oop. So then North Korea said, well, we're, we'll meet anytime, anywhere. Whatever. So then it was like it's not going to happen. But then, then I think South nobody had told South Korea. Right. South so Korea South was Korea, like, Wait, what? What? And uh, so this is Dan. Wasn't this summit supposed to happen on the twelfth of June? Yeah, yeah. like it, like okay. two weeks from when we're recording. Well, I'm not talking to the caterer, Dan. I mean, I'm talking. To, I have a wedding coming up a week after that, and I I would be. You have done more planning losing. than they have. I. I have, and it is really not a big wedding. And I, it's just, they are, boy, it is something. Um, so that's happening. Um, but what we'll, we'll be doing a lot this summer, Dan, is um, much like the hot summer of 1974. Can we go back in time a little bit, Dan? Sure. I'm all about sound effects today. I'm like Clearly, that, that was good. Police Academy movies. I thought that guy was really cool when I was a kid. Can you do a Can you do a beatbox? No, I just do boolooloo based sounds. The only thing I do is a seagull. Whoa! Let's hear it. Man, it's too loud for it here. I think I'd blow. I think I'd blow out your microphone. I can try. Whoa. I can do it much better than that, but I'm I'm really toning it down. It's it projects a lot. Look, you didn't come here for the seagulls, guys. Um, they the summer of 1974 was the summer of basically a bunch of Watergate hearings and Senate and uh, Senate hearings and people just sat like this was it was televised and people sat and watched coverage like much like we would watch you know sort of today it was the first kind of lots and lots of televised hearings uh the watergate hearings and a lot of the twists of watergate that ended up ending the nixon presidency came out on live tv the fact that there was a taping system in the white house which is sort of how everything unraveled uh was a fact that came up in the in the court in the in the hearing room um a man named Alexander Butterfield was being questioned and they said, you know, something, I don't think they knew that there were tapes. They said thing like, do you, do you are aware of any tapes? He's like, well, yeah, there's a taping system. And everyone was what? like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then there was a battle that went on for months and months and months of trying to get the tapes. And he'd be like, they're like, give us all the tapes. He'd be like, I'll give you one tape. And they'd say, give us all the tapes. I'll give you, I'll give you two tapes. I'll give you some tapes. I'll give you edited transcripts of the tapes. I'll give you pictures of the tapes. I'll give you an interpretive dance of the tapes. And they just, getting the tapes from Nixon took months and months I would months like to have seen a but, Nixon interpretive dance of the tapes, though. They should have stuck with that one. Yeah, That would have been for nice. Sure. But it was a summer of watching... The presidency collapse, and the thing was, they basically were talking about one incident. <laughs> All of this begins with the Watergate break-in, you know, one night, one incident, and other things were uncovered. But what we have is like. I feel like we are looking at a a tall office building and there is a burglar crawling in every window. (laughs) There's like hundreds of them. It looks like Cloverfield when all those spider monsters, like they kept barfing up more spider monsters. Um, There are so many crimes that 
you almost want to congratulate them for doing so many crimes. Like, I guess, well done. I guess that's a lot of crimes. You've been busy. And we're going to spend our summer looking at this because it seems like inevitably in the fall, we are going to be heading towards this election. And it's like things are going to it's going to get hot and all of this is going to come to a head. And this is how we are going to spend our summer. So we have to make choices now, Dan. Choose to watch it all. I choose. I choose to watch it all. Right. Is that the right answer? Well, I mean, if we're being realistic, you're going to watch, watch it, all. it all. Yep. And that's the thing. We already, well, uh, and there, you know, we have some little hints of what we might see this summer. For example, in, a, in the recent update of Finker Failure, Fucker Spy, um, first we have our friend Michael Cohen. Now, Michael Cohen is having a bad couple weeks. Yeah, he's not having a good time. All of these things are happening at once. Um, someone named that they are referring to as the Taxi, taxi King. King. Taxi King in New York. The taxi King. So in New York, um, yellow cabs have what are called medallions and medallion numbers. Each cab, you know, has a medallion number. And cabs are big money making. I didn't know how much a medallion cost. Oh, Apparently yeah. hundreds People, of thousands like, of dollars. To own, uh, if like you want medallion. to be an independent taxi driver at the height of the taxi, like pre Uber time, uh, yeah. it, you would mortgage a home. Like it was hundreds of thousands of dollars to purchase a taxi medallion. It's not what we would consider here to be like a, one of those really on the up and up kind of things. It wasn't like, you didn't hear that someone had a bunch of taxi medallions and think that's probably a, you know, completely upstanding person. You know, it's. Yeah. Weird. Um, weirdly enough, but, a confluence of scarcity, city politics and like kind of shady characters does not make for an industry that is uh particularly clean in what they do so tr- uh, so the president's lawyer michael cohen our namesake mr says who started his career after going to i can't believe it's a law school and he did he had some taxi medallions and he worked across the river in a like in a garage and he was kind of doing some ambulance chasing and and then eventually he, you know, starts buying property in, in a Trump properties and then becomes the, Trump's lawyer yeah. because that's how things are. Uh, well, the taxi king is this guy yeah. he worked with and he has gone into he's he's cooperating with authorities um, because he has done a bunch of crimes. And so he's flipping on Michael Cohen. So we're going to find out a lot about some stuff that Michael Cohen was potentially doing here in new york but michael cohen was a busy man and it seemed like he used his time well right before uh during the election and right afterwards um for example uh 11 days before the election he met with an oligarch at trump tower who gave him a million dollars and um or that he received four hundred thousand dollars to arrange talks between trump and the president of ukraine um in addition to all those weird consulting fees where, you know, companies were just like, we're just going to give you a million dollars to consult. Oh, no, we're not. We're not. We just have to pay you anyway. You know, so he was taking in millions and millions of dollars um, for setting up meetings and influence peddling. Uh, and um, things are not going no, great for Michael having, Cohen. He's not having a good run. Presumably, we're going to spend part of our summer waiting for when Michael Cohen flips. Michael Cohen, I mean, Michael Cohen flipping will be a seismic level thing. He he seems both too loyal and too dumb to flip. Mm. I don't know that he has that level of self-preservation in him. I think that he. I think that he genuinely you know, wants to protect Trump. I don't know what would cause him to flip. I can't see him flipping. I really can't. 
uh, people don't like to go to jail. Yeah, but I think that he like. I don't So so I have mentioned the Trump Inc. podcast on this on this uh, on this podcast before, but they did an entire uh, episode about Michael Cohen that is amazing and everyone should go listen to. And one of the things that is truly remarkable about him is in all of the industries that he was involved in, not just pre-Trump, but even post-Trump, the number of people around him that went to jail. And he never got somehow ended up being kind of caught up in any of it is remarkable. Like there is there is not a business partner that he has had that has not ended up getting caught. Like in addition to the taxi dialing stuff, like he did some ambulance chasing. Like in this podcast, they talk about the fact that he helped to incorporate health centers that then were indicted and found committing insurance fraud. Like they would send people to these centers who then had doctors who'd be like, oh yeah, that person, you know, got hit by a car and they've got whiplash and, you know, like, and then, and like they were running this huge insurance scam. Um, allegedly. Um, but everyone else got caught. <laughs> but Michael Cohen, whose name is on the like incorporation papers and stuff, ends up walking and like I think that he probably thinks that he can walk through the raindrops. And so I don't think he thinks he's going to jail. I really don't. At the, at the same time, this is some pretty next level pressure. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like this is full time, full spotlight House raided at dawn. FBI has all your burner phones. Um, <laughs> they've taken all your tax documents. They've got everything. They've got it all. And you totally know what you did. And you did a lot of stuff. Like, you know, you did a lot of stuff. And they and it's all crimey. So like, which crimey? All the crimes? This one? That one? Like, if you've only done one crime, that's hard. But if you've done like all the crimes... Then, and the FBI has like a bag of your phones and all your receipts. We got a bag of phones here, boys. (laughs) It's just a bag of phones. It's just a bag of phones. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if he flips, that will be. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's his whole job is undying loyalty and to know where every skeleton is buried. And to never give it up. Well, we'll see. We'll find out which Godfather character he is. Um, in this summer's blockbuster, Ugh. Spygate. Ah, we'll get to we'll get to Spygate because in other news, our president, Mr. Trump, is tripping balls. Dan, I think he's. I think he's tripping. Isn't like low dosing LSD a thing now? Maybe he's doing that. Yeah. Microdosing? I don't know. I don't I don't think it does this. I just think that is it has mild anti uh depressant effects. Antidepressant effects not I mean, this is like he's taken that famous brown acid from Woodstock levels. He's macro dosing. So for example this issue. He is a there were, for example, we had the mysterious case of the invisible Melania this week. Uh, so Melania, this Trump, is a real mystery. Um, like <laughs> is she's just gone. So yeah, so she, so Melania Trump had a kidney operation. Was said to be a routine. Did they even say no. what her? I, yeah. All I thought was a kidney procedure. She was in the hospital. And then they kept seem to keep her a little bit longer, and now she's just she like, hasn't been seen in public in more than two weeks. You know, which is fair. I, I mean, in her shoes, I would not ever want to be seen in public. But I, I like it's well. Mysteriously, the other day, Trump gave some speech, and he said, "And there's and his, and." 
He said, and there, there's Melania. And he pointed to He was asked. He was doing a spray in the Oval Office with reporters. And they were like, you know, how's Melania doing? And he was like, oh, she's doing great. And pointed out the window towards the residence. Was like, there she is watching us right now. And Maureen, what happened when the reporters looked out the window? There was nobody there, Dan. None. Dan, <laughs> nobody there. This is what I mean that we have to make some choices about this summer because the president is pointing at a visible Melania. Like he's, we're being told that people are, it's to the level where he's just pointing at people and saying, there's somebody. And it's, there's nobody there, Dan. That's, this is new for us. He's making us look at, at just air, Dan, and saying there are people standing there. It's... If you told me two summers ago <laughs> that Trump would be president and we would get to the point where he would be pointing at nothing and say, look at my wife. And we would be like, checks out dude not even the weirdest thing we've heard today and everyone was like that's probably fine i would have stayed in 2016 in the summer like i wanted to everyone we didn't even make that big of a deal out of invisible melania it was just no sure no that's fine point at nothing but then there's more Dan, he also has a bag of phones. The president is now using at least two insecure phones. At least. Just two phones that I think he got at the mall. And those Not even at like one of the up and up kiosks, but at the like, we repair phones booth. Dan, these phones are run by 4D batteries. Like they're not, I'm not even sure they're phones. They might be transistor radios. They might be, I assume they're simply spy devices, that they're just directly broadcasting to every country. That they, they, much like I envisioned Trump Tower with a thief crawling in literally every window, I imagine physical bugs all over these phones. Oh, I mean, I assume whenever he picks up the phone to place a voice call, like there are just like, Lights go off around the world where everyone like picks up their little listener phone to to hear it. His wife is invisible, Dan. He's got a bunch of phones that he's just talking to space in. Meanwhile, Trump's staff is deliberately fucking with us and the English language because Trump, because it turns out his staff And I should have expected this then, but this is a twist that I admit I did not see coming. It turns out they write bizarre, ungrammatical, misspelled, wacky tweets. In other words, they do the thing that writers have to do when we have to write for another world or a series or something where you have to learn the voice and then write like it's that. They do that. They deliberately misspell stuff and get stuff wrong and miscapitalize and everything because that's how our president talks. See, so this... The the official style guide of the Trump presidency is wrongness. I don't believe that one. Oh, I do. Of Of all the things, this feels like a... This feels like, uh, like, I, I firmly believe they're, they're like, yes, uh, do people know how to write tweets in Trump's voice? Absolutely. Right. Do they, you know, that's well known that there are a, a number of Trump's tweets, but usually you can pick them out in part because they use vocabulary words that, you know, he does not know. Right. Um, not because they are misspelled or something like that. It like. I feel like that article, which ran in the Boston Globe, which got a bunch of like <gasps> pickup, like that feels like a placed story to own the libs, you know, like just to fuck with people and to see if it'll get placed. I I firmly believe that that is not actually a real thing, but instead 
is something they made up to make up for because he had had a whole series of really poorly written uh, things right before that. And so it's like, oh, no, you know what? We're doing that just because it shows how close he is to the common man. Like that just sounds like bullshit to me. Dan, anything is possible. Like, I think that, like, to me, I think that one of the things that we don't accept enough, and we should, is that there are, these people are all bad actors, right? Like, these people are all bad actors, and that the information that they are choosing to place into the press is not often real, or only has a glimmer of realness or is spun in a way to make whoever leaked it look better than the person before. I mean, this has been an ongoing pattern since, you know, the day and age of fucking Steve Bannon and Rince Priebus and Jared Kushner, each placing articles about each other into the, into the press. Like, I worry sometimes that the press is doing more, bidding than they know or want to realize i would say that is the thing that i worry about and as someone that works with people from the press i worry about well i think that's a fair i mean yeah now i agree with you now i agree with you dan i just do all How right can we also can we also agree that the dull whip donut sounds gross no damn it Dan, I've had to look at a lot of pictures of cake, and it has just made me want cake all the time. It's okay. When you... It's not, Dan. I think people should be allowed to have cake all the time right now. I am definitely entering a phase of eating some feelings. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Welcome to the club, Maureen. Listen, I'm just going to keep eating cake until I can see Melania. Well, the current rumor is that she's living back in your city, so. It's possible. By the way, he was here the other day. Yeah, he was. And you know how I know? Because my apartment started shaking, and outside there was a helicopter tail, two, like, Air Force One heli- whatever. I forget what they call the helicopter version, but two of those. Marine One, I believe. Marine One, yeah. And with, with a bunch of warplanes, you know, right on its tail. And that all goes by. And I'm like, that fucker is here. Motherfucker. And he went by in a helicopter. And then he went by again in the in the beast. And when they go by in the beast, and the Obama used to, we used to see him and we would, he would go by too. And this is what they do in New York. First, they have to clear all the like the street ahead so for like a mile or more all traffic is stopped and in manhattan that's a big fucking deal that's a lot it means nothing nothing happens so a street is completely cleared then one policeman goes by on a motorcycle and then nothing happens for 10 minutes and then a couple more policemen go by on motorcycles and then nothing happens for five minutes and then you get a couple cars and then nothing happens and then suddenly Every vehicle in the world, like all the NYPD's cars and motorcycles and everything goes by. And then like a couple black SUVs with people holding like assault rifles out the back, wearing sunglasses go by. And then a couple beasts go by and then like more SUVs and then more police cars and then more motorcycles. It is like a full on parade. He was here and it was a giant bummer. Like it was, it was Dan. It was just like, uh, it just, it felt so personal, Dan. But I don't know. I don't know what happens when she's here because I, you know, I don't know if she, if she's here, she may not be going out. Like, because they require all this special stuff and, you know, and the where they live, I don't know how they would kind of move her around. So like, cause they'd have to stop all the traffic all the time to move her around. So is she just living in the top of a tower? <laughs> just growing her hair long so she can escape. Is she at Mar-a-Lago? Is she like, is she at, like on a carnival cruise ship somewhere with just sunglasses yeah. on? It is a, it is a mystery. Where is Melania? I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, 
with all the it's like the shittiest version of Carmen San Diego ever. She's got a trench coat and a big hat. Meanwhile, Dan, in uh, our president is tripping balls news. He's tweeting still. And example of one recently is who's going to give back the young and beautiful lives, parentheses, and others that have been devastated and destroyed by the phony capital Russia collusion witch hunt. They journeyed down to Washington, D.C., comma, with stars in their eyes and wanting to help our nation, dot, dot, dot. They went home in tatters. No one knows who he's talking about. Yeah. That no one knows what just no one knows. He's pointing at people that aren't there. I mean, like he. Yeah. The whole like. It's especially irksome when he's talking about young lives destroyed the same week that there's all sorts of news about actual young lives being destroyed by Trump's immigration policies. You know, like it's it's remarkable. And again, it's like. Our, our brains want to, I feel like our brains want to find rationality in things. Because I was just about to say, like, it is remarkably tone deaf to tweet that literally at the same time that there is like revelation after revelation about lost children and all of that sort of thing to talk about like destroyed young lives. But it's not tone deafness, you know, like it's not like. I feel like no matter how much we try to excuse this stuff, like, or not excuse it, but explain it. It's like, it's fucking terrible. Ah! There is, there is, there is no pattern, which is why we got to choose how we're going to spend our summer. I, I'm, we're going to go. Okay. So also Dan, Spikey. Yeah. That's the last time I'm saying that word because First of all, it's the gate thing. Yeah. You know, add a gate to something. He's made up this thing about a spy. Right. And he's like, it's spy gate. Yeah. They, they, they've pretty much said we made this up. Right. Fine. Okay. Spy gate. We're never talking about that again. Because today he had a new one, which is that uh, Mueller will, quote, meddle in midterms. <laughs> Based on no, nothing. But, uh, so... When I was a freshman in high school, uh, in gym class, there was a unit where they separate the boys and the girls, and the girls get to do two weeks of dance, and the boys do two weeks of wrestling. And um, I was, I was both a little bit heavy set. Uh, and also apparently in a gym class with a lot of rather small freshmen, because there was only one person in the weight class that they paired me with. And he was on the wrestling team. And every day I would have uh, the pleasure of having to wrestle him. Um, I, I have said before, uh, uh, on this podcast that I enjoy watching professional wrestling now. And I have for a very long time. Uh, I did not then. Uh, and that there is a big difference between gym class wrestling and, you know, hitting people with chairs wrestling. Um, and so for a while I tried to do the things that were gym class taught. And then it was, then I was like, why am I doing this? And so they would say one, two, three wrestle. And I would just go limp and the guy would pin me and then it was done. And then there was a moment. And this is what this brings it back to Trump. There's a moment that I feel like we're in right now where the guy realized, oh, I can just do anything. Right. So he would like. They would say wrestle, I'd go limp, and he would like fucking pick me up and flip me around. And it was, and then finally would be like, all right, I'll fucking pin him. Right. And I feel like with Spygate or with the, the Mullers going to meddle in the midterms, like it has dawned on him that there is no communication strategy on the Democratic side to counter. Right. Like there is no he can do whatever. Like he's just picking us up and flipping in and, and it's not a good situation to be in, but boy, if like, 
he's just literally making shit up. He's pointing to people in windows that aren't there. He's created a gate that does is not a thing. And that any rational person would say, no, what you're talking about is the fact that your campaign was so compromised that the FBI felt the need to place some informants to just find out what the fuck is going on. Right. Like yet somehow he's controlling this narrative in a way that is shocking. Dan, and stop me if I've told you this, Dan. Won't stop me, but try. When I was in grade school, we also had to learn wrestling. And Dan, when I was a kid, I was tall. Like, I am about five foot six. But I was this tall when I was like 10. I just kind of went zoop, and then I stopped. And so I was tall, and that meant that I, when they paired us up, they paired and said, now you're going to wrestle. And I was like, oh, boy. They didn't really teach us how. They were just like, now you're going to wrestle. And there was a girl in my class who was as tall as me, bigger, stronger in all ways, like just really a, like a tough girl. And I was not a tough girl. And they said, okay, you two are going to wrestle. And I said, oh, no. And they put us on the mat. And she stood at one end and I stood at the other and I was just staring at her and she's, you know, so she decided to like, this is how she got ready, Dan. She started punching her fist into her open hand (laughs) and then she started scraping like she did that thing where like you kind of scrape at the ground with your feet like a bull about to charge. And then she went, really, she did all of these things because when you're in fourth grade, you're just a cartoon. And I was like, oh, this is bad. And he's like, all right. And then he blew the whistle and she went "Ah!" and she ran at me. And then I was like, huh. And I just stepped to the side. She (laughs) ran into the wall. And she began crying. And I learned a lot that day, Dan, that sometimes you got to get out of the way of people who are making mistakes for themselves. And this is a, you know, maybe there's some lesson in there for all of this that like, or there's not. We're either you or we're me in this scenario, Dan. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's a third option. We're not all losers in this, Dan, because Dan, it's time for a new segment. Cue the beautiful swelling music here. It's called Days of Our Lies. Whoa, I like it. Now, obviously, Dan, you know that I have had some intense romantic entanglements. In this whole in this whole thing, I I have a number of, of boyfriends um, and I'm not exclusive, you know? Uh, so, so first it was Carter, you know, like, yeah. and okay, Carter and I, we go way back and it has finally occurred to me, Dan, that my boyfriends are making appearances and doing things because they're just trying to get my attention. That sounds and, right. For example, Carter Page was on TV this week. And he just showed up on some show and they were like, Carter, why are you here? And he's like, I don't really know. And they're like, do you have anything new to tell us? And he's like, not really. And they're like, thanks for coming, Carter Page. And I didn't understand why he'd gone on television. And then it occurred to me that he just was concerned that I that he was out of my thoughts. And I I can't really I can't explain it either way. And I was like, you just call me, dude, you know, just but he doesn't know how to talk i mean he's just like he's a lot he's really disconnected from a lot of his emotions um so but then and it really got to me dan because when you know when you you kind of see somebody they're goofy but they're like oh but they're trying like i can see that i see that he wants you know what i mean like it, it touches you but then then my other boyfriend really stepped up and that boyfriend is Sam Nunberg and um, he's more recent but 
Sam, um, he really brought it. And uh, I'd like you to just, I've included like a little, he, he called a reporter and uh, if we could just read, I'll read the reporter's lines. And then if you could read Sam's lines, um, this is Sam talking to a reporter. What's that clicking sound? Tim, I'm cutting fucking cucumbers, okay? Give me a fucking break here. Sam, you can't cut cucumbers while I'm doing live audio. For my lunch. Come on. <laughs> Dan, I'm recording. Just give me five minutes of your time without cutting cucumbers, okay? Come on, how can I record a conversation while you're cutting cucumbers? Okay, we're, we're good to go. Let's go. So Sam Numberg was doing an interview, and the whole time he was just cl- cutting cucumbers. Sometimes you got to cut cucumbers out, Maureen. And then I realized that he was trying to make me lunch because he knows I'm vegetarian. Yeah. And let's face facts. Cucumbers are a great summer vegetable. They really are. They're and cool. They're hydrating. I really love cucumbers. The other thing I realized is that because this is all he's trying to be supportive. And what he did was that he signed up for Blue Apron. And when you sign up for Blue Apron, you get things like, for example, like a cucumber salad. And you get, someone will mail you a cucumber. Like Sam got his box. I had a cucumber in it. And he's like, I got this is This is the sound. And he's cutting the cucumber. And he's like, I know that every purchase of Blue Apron contributes to says who. It doesn't. And... As we discussed that, at length last episode. And that's the only way to kind of keep this podcast going, to show Maureen I love her. I'm supporting a business that supports her. Ah, damn it. Speaking of people that support us, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. That dude can fuck up some cucumbers. I'm just going to say it. It's very hard to get a cucumber wrong. It is. It is a perfect food. Cucumber is a perfect it food. It is. Hey, you want a nice little summer refresher? Pop a couple, slice up a couple pieces of cucumber, freeze them, just drop them in some uh, sparkling water. Oh. It seems real spy, but all you're doing is using up a couple extra pieces of cucumber, and it's like really like nice and summery and cool. You want a good, you want a good cucumber, you want a good cucumber, cut yourself up a stick, a little cucumber stick, Mm -hmm. tagine Mm -hmm. seasoning. Oh, good. A little spicy, a little limey, or limey, I mean. A little limey, a little spicy, a little cucumbery. That's a summer hit. Wow. That could be a real Blue Apron idea. No, that's a me. That's me. Actually, it's not me. It's like every Spanish-speaking culture on earth, but I enjoy it too. Someone who doesn't like cucumbers but does like fries is Darth. Who designed our Darth logo? Darth designed our That's logo. That's right. I, and it's so wonderful. I bet that Blue Apron will be shipping a lot of cucumbers this summer. It's a really good look, you guys. It's summertime. You don't want to cook. You don't want to do a lot of planning. Support our sponsor, Blue Apron. Go to Blue Apron. They aren't our backslash They are not our says sponsor. Says who podcast backslash that's not 20 a, free boxes that's not a legal backslash thing. it's not none of that's um, actually gonna work and you'll get four years of you're free not boxes you're not gonna get anything but you can contact us at says who podcast on twitter you can email us at hey that is h-e-y at says who podcast.com you can join the discussion on facebook at slash groups slash says whovians and that facebook group is moderated I see Stillard. they have penne pasta on the menu again. That is, it's just penne and tomato sauce, um, which is good. I mean, it's a portion of that really shouldn't, you know, that's 50, 75 cents. But if you get it from Blue Apron, you will have the convenience of having it mailed to you for only can, nine ninety five or whatever it costs a person. It's a good deal, though. You can join us June 13th. For our next episode. I mean, it's a it's a type of bargain. It's not. It's not a bargain. It's not a good deal. Grocery store is way better. You can buy cucumbers for like 60 cents a pound I wish now. you wouldn't say this about our sponsor. They're not our sponsor. I can say anything I Aren't want. They? 
No, I'm only sponsored by me. That is beautiful, Dan. That's right. You know what else is beautiful, Maureen? My basement. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. And look, before we go, I just want to say, says Whovians, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us about how you're going to spend the summer and make it to the max, just get in touch with us. You want to, if you've seen Melania Trump, get in touch with us. If you like cucumbers. We like if you've seen, you. if you if you are Melania Trump, for sure, get oh, in touch with definitely. us. Definitely. Absolutely. Honestly, Dan, do you think that she's just living in the top of a tower like like in like like in a fairy tale? Hopefully one like an old school one where she has to like trap someone in an oven and to escape. Blue apron. It's from my closet in New York. <laughs> I was waiting. I was yeah. waiting for that. Mm-hmm. This has been Says Who. Maureen, what are you? Can you stop chopping? We're trying to record the podcast. Maureen, Maureen, stop chopping. What are you chopping anyway? Cucumbers.